Amen. Amen. You can be seated. And good morning to you in the room and to you online. If you're new with us the last few weeks or online, we always invite you to fill out a connect card on our website. That's kind of your first step to letting us know who you are. As we uh, continue this series, you know, sometimes it's beautiful as we come back to life a little bit, you know, as far as being able to see and interact and some of the conversations, right, for so long. Even when we were meeting, uh, we didn't really talk that much or, or, you know, be together. And again, we're super sensitive to wherever you're at and whatever you're comfortable with. But we're starting to, like, have normal Sunday morning conversations, which a normal one is, like, did you see the game last night? Did you see the game last night? Right? I, it's one of my, you're going to feel really sorry for me as a pastor. I have to sacrifice. I love sports Saturday night, right? I just, nine times out of 10, I, I got to go to bed, right? To be, to be fresh on Sunday morning, so I have to miss the game. So here's what I'll say sometimes. Somebody, Sunday morning is a big game. Hey, did you see the game? No, I didn't see it, but I heard about it, right? I heard about it. I didn't watch it. It's not quite the same, right? I heard about it, social media coming in, the radio, maybe catching sports center. I heard is not the same is actually watching. You can do that with all kinds of things, places, right? You, you have people that, that move to North Carolina and, and for whatever reason, like they just never been to the ocean. You ever been to the ocean? They say, no, but I've heard it's amazing. All right, that's good, right? But that doesn't really like capture the essence of the ocean. You guys know, I think he's in here somewhere, our associate pastor, Raph Gonzalez, if you need to know anything about him. He is a self-described, I don't know if he loves the word foodie, but what foodie means is him. Like he just gets so excited about food. We were, he, Joy and I were, were having a working lunch the other day and he was like, guys, and he was telling us about this uh, Netflix documentary that he watched on tacos. <laughs> and I was like, brother, we gotta get you a hobby or something. Like, I don't know if that's okay that you're spent, like you're watching documentaries. Like, and then he started to, as he does passionately describe how good the documentary was, and it kind of like sounded interesting with him describing it. But, but when you go, like when you start talking, you know, because we've been here, um, grew up in North Carolina, my wife and I, but have been actually in Raleigh only for seven, eight years. We're still finding spots. Raf and his family have been here for four or five years. They're still finding spots. So, so when you talk about, hey, Raf asks you, hey, have you been to whatever place, restaurant? Don't say, I haven't, but I heard it was good. Right? Because then he's going he's to try to verbally make you taste the food there, right? Because hearing about it is not the same as tasting it. So we started this last week. Herd immunity, not H-E-R-D. We have nothing to tell you about that kind of herd immunity. Listen to the doctors, the brilliant people that have gone to school their whole life to have opinions and can't agree with each other. Those people. Right? That's herd. I got nothing for you on H-E-R-D. But H-E-A-R-D, herd immunity, the scientific is the idea that if enough of us in the society have something in us, then we can protect ourselves and it doesn't impact us negatively. Where we're spinning that the other way and trying to admit collectively that in our culture, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, in our culture, we've heard about gospel or at least about Jesus so much that if we're not careful, we can have just enough of it in us or around us that it doesn't actually impact us. So we're running away from that these four weeks. And here's a question for you today. And I don't want you to answer out loud because I don't want you to be wrong. 
but think about this question. Is a little bit of Jesus better than none at all? So form your own answer in your own head. We're not going to go around the room. Is Because you could go either way, right? I don't know if there's an absolute, but in, you know, like the, it feels like the answer should be yes, right? Because who wants none of Jesus? So a little bit of Jesus is, is probably better than none, right? But I'm kind of going the other way this morning of the danger, right? We don't want anybody to have no Jesus, but if you just get a little bit of Jesus in the kind of a culture kind of way, it can be just enough to inoculate or immunize, if that's a word. It can be just enough to keep you from actually receiving the power that God wants for you and your life. So it's easy to stop at hearing. We're going to talk this morning about, last week we called, stop me if you've heard this before. This message is called hearing versus having or having versus hearing and what's better and what we want to progress from hearing to having. And if, if you're one of our folks that has grown up in church, right? Meaning back in the day, anybody remember when Church was Sunday, not Sunday morning. That was, just, that was just getting started for your week, right? You know, it was Sunday morning. It was Sunday night. It was Wednesday night. On a normal week, that's if nothing cool was good. That was without revival or VBS or so-and-so. Then it was every night of the week. But I so said, some of you that grew up like that, right, it is so easy to get stuck in, t- I've heard that mode, right? And, and, and lose some of that. Joy, I'm, I'm so blessed to, my, my parents, you, some of you have heard this story, they, they were very, very confused spiritually and just tried to find a church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina that had a good program for kids, for me and my brother. That was their, that was their whole purpose at ending up at Pinedale Christian Church, which completely changed the trajectory of my life. And as you guys have been around, we don't shout out celebrities. If you bring your celebrity friend, we're not going to say anything to them from stage. We do not shout out politicians ever. Like if you introduce me, so-and-so's running, like we're never going to say their name or say, hey, clap for so-and-so. But when my Sunday school teacher is here, we're going to stop for a second. Miss Judy Widener right here is in our second row. Oh, man, I, I, you, this will shock some of you that know me. I was a handful, <laughs> right? So uh, every, every Sunday morning at 9 or 9.15, we went upstairs to this room with Miss Judy and Mr. Donnie, and they uh, opened the word to us for my middle school and mainly my high school years. And, man, a lot of the first time that I heard about whatever story came from this godly woman. It's a blessing, right, for you that are in here this week. Raf and Takesha lead a great team, and you are, it's not, oh, we got to find somebody to teach it. No, you are blessed, and we value, and we love you, and we elevate you for getting the privilege of teaching Jesus to young hearts, right? And for our student ministry as well. Like, I'm sure, Judy, I'm sure <laughs> that my gratitude in my heart now was not verbalized or demonstrated in my 16, 17-year-old self but it's there now. But those of you that grew up with those kind of blessings, there's a challenge that comes with it. Right, I talked last week about what drives me crazy as a dad. I know, I know. When I'm telling my kids something, I know, I know. Evidently, we're not the only family that has that. I had multiple conversations 
in the parking lot and then through the week of like, oh yeah, that drives me nuts too. Like evidently my kids are not the only ones with the I know, I know. So I thought about like, what is that? Like what, we hit on something there, maybe accidentally. I think it's when a kid, and this is how I was sometimes, when I hear something that you're telling me that I've already heard, that you've told me before, I automatically receive that as, oh, you think I'm an idiot. You already told me that. So you either think I have amnesia and I don't remember it, or you don't trust me. So because you already told me and you're telling me over and over, you must not trust me that I heard you the first time and I got it. So I get defensive. I know, I know, I know, I know. I already know that I'm not an idiot and I'm worth being trusted. At least I think I am, right? But then from the dad perspective, it's not coming, or mom, it's not coming from a place of I don't trust you or even that I think you don't remember. It's coming from a place of this is really important. So I'm going to say this again. Jesus did that. So I, I play my Jesus card. Hey, I'm not doing anything Jesus didn't do. Remember when he would say, hey, I'm going to say this again. Truly, I truly, I say to you. It's just a way of saying, hey, tune in, lean in. That's how important this is. So when I'm coming with something that important and I get, I know, I know, right? It sets me off, but I think I can only get so upset because I know how often I've done that to God. Hey, this is really important. My word is everything. My word is a lamp and a light. It's all those things. It, it, is, it is not just a book. It's not, no, no. It is God living and active. It is what protects us from ruining our lives. It's what gives us joy and purpose and everything for relation. Everything is packed into God living in his word. And how prideful must my heart be to hear something on a message or, or on the radio or in a church service like, oh, I've heard that before. It's that important. It's not just you guys that grew up in church. We got a lot of folks, when they talk, when their church experience, it's a few times here and there in life, but as far as like actually going to church regularly, the only church they've ever gone to regularly is Relentless Church. We're blessed as a church for the untold unconvinced. If that's you, we're so blessed that you're a part of us. But guess what? You're not immune, right? It's just humanity. Like you, you come to church for a while and you start to, Oh, yeah, I got this. I've heard this. So we're going to move past hearing. And we're just going to admit, like, if you want to live the life that you want to live, right, you don't want to build it on hearing something. You want to have something, right? And hearing is good because hearing leads to having. We're talking about having a relationship, not hearing about God, but having a relationship with God. That's what we're built on as a church. And it's is, man, how great is it? Right, let's just stop for a second. He's so personal. I love what we sang this morning. God was all in that. It's so easy in this room online, right? It's all kinds of challenges that come with that, but the reality that God knows what's in your head right now, I'm glad I don't, right? That would mess me up if I knew what you were thinking but that God knows where you're at with him. If you're in a lane right now of just trust and just even when I don't see it, I know you're working and your faith is growing if you're in that and God knows that. And he's in on that and if you're in a place of doubt or outright rebellion or distrust, like he knows that, he knows everything there is to know right now, blow you away if you think about it. And that he 
loves you. Like, deeply is crazy about you, not the kind of love that you have to do because you're God and that's kind of your job description, but an intense, he's into you. And just hearing about God is not the same as having a relationship. The problem with the little Jesus is if you have a little bit, it's just enough to make you uninterested. I heard that, yeah. Please don't, yeah, I got, I got that. And what do we do? We end up losing passion, right? Raph, I pick on Raph. I didn't know I was gonna talk about you all this time, Raph, but Raph, Raph is, he, he's, he's passionate about food and about life. Our passion may go out different ways, right? When we worship just now, I used to judge people by their, by their outward. Oh, they're really worshiping. Yeah, they're not that into it. I've learned passion comes in all shapes, sizes, and designs, right? So, so you're, but, but the key is, do you have passion in your heart for Jesus? If you don't, it may be an issue of having or hearing instead of having. Let's look at some words from Scripture, some, some stuff that Paul said different places. And we could talk about a ton of these, but I just picked out two or three. This, this is actually from Luke, um, who wrote uh, kind of the history of the church in the book of Acts. And he says in chapter 24... He's preaching. He says, this I confess you that according to the way, which is what Christianity was called before they came up with the word Christianity, which is English, never mind. According to the way, they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets. Having, having, there's our word, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, and there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. Having, possessing, owning, having a hope. All right, next in Romans 6, thanks be to God that you were once slaves of sin, who were once slaves, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin. This is a condition of who you are. I have been set free. I have become a slave to righteousness. I have righteousness through Jesus. And Titus says, he saved us. It's a letter, another letter. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out us generously through Jesus Christ, so that having been justified by his grace, we become heirs having the hope. We have it of eternal life. Sometimes we think because we've heard it, we have it. That's a lie. Just because you heard it doesn't mean you have it, right? Having this hope and this relationship is what it's all about. And if you put your hope in hearing, you're going to be disappointed. So we're going to drill down so we make sure we understand. What's the difference between hearing and having, right? Again, hearing is awesome. We're supposed to do that as a church. We're supposed to help people hear the gospel. But it's not the same. To hear it is a step towards having it, but it's not the same. And I don't want anybody to feel any kind of way, unless God wants you to feel any kind of way, but I don't want to, God's not coming with guilt, condemnation, it's not who he is. So as you hear this list that we're going to walk through this morning, I hope that some of us might feel like, oh man, I think I'm a little more on the hearing than the having, right? Young people in the room, it's an exciting time to be alive. We've got some graduates of both high school and college in the house today, and hopefully some more online. And we're proud of you. We're with you. And, and you guys have just finished a grade. Even if it's not a graduate grade, you still finished a grade. And if you, maybe you're going to do that grade next year. And we're proud of you too, because hey, keep trying, be relentless. That's who we are, right? But young people, this is, this is 
This is the stage. It's, it's not just your stage of life, but it's so huge. Because some of you have parents that follow Jesus, and you've heard it. Right? And we tend to sit in family clusters in here. I love it that we are a family of God. So some of you are sitting with not blood family, but Jesus family, which is beautiful. But sometimes we get it twisted that maybe when we go before God one day, he's going to call us up one family at a time. He's not. You can hear it. And we praise God for parents that are drawing their kids to Jesus and bringing their kids up in the Lord. But at the end of the day, you can hear it. And that doesn't mean you have it. So, not guilt. And, and, and maybe some of you, not kids, maybe you've been around this for a while and God's gonna put it on your heart this morning that you've used to, like, you, you have a relationship but you've kind of drifted back into just accepting, yes, yeah, I've heard that, that's who I am, without actually living daily in a relationship. If that's what he does in your heart, do not walk out of here, oh man, I don't have it. Right? Don't go post something. Hey, I went to church today, found out I, I don't got it. Right? It ain't about you. Right? It's a habit of relationship that he seeks and wants and invites you into. And, and if, if you get the blessing today, which would be a huge blessing because you don't want to live this week that's coming. I don't know what's coming. God does. June 13th through when we get together again, hopefully, God willing, June 20th. You don't want to live this week not having a relationship with Jesus. Right? So maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus. You've heard about it. You've never had one. Maybe God's going to knock on the door of your heart today. There's nothing more important than having and living out of the relationship that God has given you. So if you get a wake-up call this morning, do not hang your head in frustration or guilt or any of that. You said, thank God that he's with me, that he's relentless, and I needed that because God's going to speak to you. So just be open as we walk through what this might Look like. So I got a list of things that kind of different, the differences between hearing and having. The first one is the difference between knowing about versus knowing. Knowing about is not a bad thing unless you stop there. And we've talked, we've studied Jesus so much, right? If you study Jesus, his kindness and patience towards people of all kinds of into all kinds of horrible things, honestly. And he just loved them so well, so consistently. But when he got around one group, he seemed to like jab. He seemed to verbally like call them out and he lost some of that sweetness, kindness, graciousness. And it was a group of, that we call the Pharisees. They were, they were the, and the religious group. And Jesus approached them differently. And one of the reasons is he says, you guys know the scripture so well. Well, shouldn't he like hug them for that? Right? Some of you grew up with that Jesus. If he comes in the room, he's like, hey, I'm going to start calling out verses. I'll just say, I'm like numbers 22, 14. If you know the verse, you stand up and say it. And we'll like have a big competition. And everybody who got the most verses, you get a special prize over here. You're going to get a special Jesus prize. All right? You grew up with that. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, you know the scripture so well, and you think that's your path to eternal life, and it's not. You're wasting your life because it's all about me. I am eternal life, and the scriptures draw you to me. So if the scriptures are just like a textbook to make you feel good and smart, you're missing it. I'm going to tell what I believe to be the best story I got 
All right, we use illustrations, we tell stories. Jesus, I got that from Jesus. He, he's the best storyteller ever. It's a true story. Some of you have heard it because I've told it, Michael told me today, he thinks this will be the third or fourth time I've told this in the history of Limitless Church. I'm gonna tell it again. One, because it's the best story I got. Two, I thought about it. From the theater days, some of you that were with us in the theater, God has blessed us. We don't know, like, you know, sometimes pastors like Corona, how y'all doing? How's attendance? I have no idea. You know, between online and and vaccinated, not vaccinated, masks, not masks, you know, and, and like we're, we're, we don't know, but I do know we've got so many people coming to Relentless either online or now in the room that we didn't have pre-pandemic, right? I, I, I haven't, there's still people, they come to church every week uh, online or in person, they give, and I haven't met them. Like that's really different than any other season. So I don't know who, but I, but I do know for sure, less than half of our church have heard my best story. That's for sure. So I feel like it's not even me. I feel like I owe that to you. So, uh, and more important than all that, it's the best story I got for knowing versus knowing about. I grew up, um, as many godly people did, a Carolina Tar Heel fan, right? The reason, if you don't know the background, the reason, don't, I know, right? The reason my parents met and fell in love at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, they, they, they met on campus, um, got married, and so we grew up in that. So it meant something to my family, it meant something to us. It translated into me and my brother. And I've just, I didn't go to school there. Uh, my, that was my plan. Senior year, some of you guys are figuring out what you're doing. I was, that's where I was going until the very end of my high school career where God called me a different path into ministry in Kentucky Christian University. So I remained a fan. The, um, one of my dear friends in life is named Josh Hennigan. And um, Josh uh, called me December of 2004. Uh, We were living in Kentucky doing ministry. We came home for a Christmas break. And he called me and he said, hey, I got a ticket to the game. Carolina was playing basketball during the Christmas break. I got a a ticket to the game. You want to go? I'm like, absolutely, I'm in. He's like, this, this, is, this could be really cool because my ticket came through Scott. Scott is Scott Williams. Scott Williams, son of Roy Williams, who had just been hired a year earlier as the coach. Josh went to college with Scott. They'd become friends. There's a whole nother long story about that that I'll skip of how they became friends. But Josh was the best basketball player on our high school team, had played JV basketball in North Carolina, knew some of the players, was kind of in on some of that. Friends with Scott. Scott said, hey, come to the game. I got an extra ticket. You can bring somebody. Josh called me, all right? And there's a few, there's a few, a few of us. So, so yes, but I didn't know all that. So I get there. So these are Scott Williams, son of the coach's tickets. I'd been to Carolina games with my family, but not like this, right? The boxes, you know, box seats at the Dean Dome, they're not, they're not great, right? They're just kind of normal seats with some walls up. But I sat in the box first time in my life. There's, you guys ever, there's like food. I kept looking for somewhere, somebody to pay. They're like, no, you just keep eating. It's, it's provided, Wow, right? Forget the game, free food, right? And, and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting beside, didn't know it to, I'm sitting beside Dean Smith's sister. That's who I spent the first half. There wasn't a lot of conversation between us. We didn't have a whole lot to talk about, but it, okay, she's Dean Smith's sister. I was cool with that. That was the first half. Second half, we went down and sat in the front row uh, right behind the, the press table. So um, we switched kind of with Scott and his wife from the first half, second half, closest I've ever been to a game. Right, could hear everything that everybody was saying or most things there. Like, it was an amazing, after the game, we get to go back to the press conference. The press conference is over and um, Coach Williams, as you would call him, uh, Roy, for me, um, 
he comes up, he you know, hugs his son, he sees he had met Josh, I think he'd met most of the guys in the little group of us except for me, you know, he sticks out his hands, I shake, I shake this hand right here, I shake Coach Roy Williams' hand and it's just like, where am I right now? This is the most amazing. So then I hear, and I can't really hear what they're saying, they're having a conversation, this is a Sunday night in Chapel Hill over Christmas break and they're talking about food and, and Josh leans over to me, he's like, hey, do you have time to go eat with them? <laughs> Yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, 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 I'll play it cool. Yeah, we got time. So then they're talking about what's open in Chapel Hill over break. There's nothing open on a Sunday night. So then Coach Williams says, hey, let's just grab some concessions and go to the house and eat. And Josh is like, Are you, do you have time to go to the house? I'm like, I don't care. My wife is in labor. I, I mean, I, that's, a bad, that's a bad example. I'll make, we'll, yeah, we'll go. So no lie, we get in a car and we ride to Coach Roy Williams' house and we eat Chick-fil-A in his living room, watching SportsCenter, discussing the box score. Is that the best thing ever? And this is pre-iPhone, right? So I, I don't even know, was I that geek that, did I have a camera in my pocket? Like, I guess I had like a normal, I never thought of that, like a Kodak so we take pictures, and you don't know if it's going to come out. Not, you know, it's pre-iPhone. Like, no one's going to believe this happened, um, but it came out here. Here's, here's the picture that you need to see, and you can clap if you want. You don't have to, but um, if you don't know, if you didn't need to like the introduction, that's me on the left, that's Josh on the right, and that's uh, Coach Williams to you, Roy to me in the middle. Now, a lot of people have pictures with Roy Williams, but not in his house. That's, and, and we actually had a little conversation one-on-one -on -one in his kitchen, just me and him. Um, but I'll keep that between me and him. Jesus came up. It was, it was a spiritual moment. Um, serious, but I don't, I don't preach about that. Now, you can take the picture off because it distracts people. Um, I love that story. It's true. Every bit of it. But I don't know Roy Williams. If he came in here today, we wouldn't shout him out. He didn't, he didn't teach me Sunday school, right? When we have people like that in here, I hope you just love them and treat them like everybody else. But if you, if you find him wherever he's at today, you show him my picture, he's going to say, I can't help you. He has no idea who I am. Right? I've been in his house. I know all kinds of, I'm a fan. I know all kinds of stats. I could tell you about him. I could talk about him for a lot longer than this message. But I don't know him. We live, and a lot of countries are not like this, we live in a culture where we can know about God and call it Christianity. We've heard it. We've studied it. Some of us have been in his house. But we don't, I can't text him after. I don't have a relationship. And we get so frustrated because there's all these promises and stuff that's good that's supposed to come with knowing Jesus. And when you just know about him, none of that stuff comes with it. All the gold comes from a relationship. We, we say, there's a verse that says this from Paul and the way we say it, You've heard us say it if you've been around. There's nothing better than knowing Jesus. That's a crazy statement if you think about it. Nothing better? Like maybe we should say there's not many things better. That's a, that's a lower bar. But if we're saying there's nothing better, <laughs> that means nothing. That means 
That means the job that you wish you had that you don't have, that if you had it this week, that it wouldn't be better than knowing Jesus. That means the car that you see going by and you get a little jealous in your heart because I wish I could drive that thing or that truck or that whatever, that if you had that, it wouldn't be better. Like the feeling and the emotion and the satisfaction, the joy, that that if you could have the relationship that you wish you had, if you could have the money that you wish you had, if you could have the athletics, the academics, if you could have whatever, and none of those things are bad that I just named. Those are all good lists, right, God? But none of those in their core are as good as knowing Jesus. And the people that amen are the people that have tasted it. And they're also the people that have spent their life and their energy and their passion on gaining something, and then they actually get it. And it's not bad, but it's just not what I thought it would be. It filled me up for a week. And then it was kind of like, oh, I thought it would, I thought it would be more than this, knowing about versus knowing. And here, here's, we're spending the most time on this one. It's the most important. Signs of a relationship. Like, how do you know? Like, in real life, do you know them or do you know about them? Well, ask yourself this. Be honest with yourself, you and Jesus. When you're not with him in his word, in his church, in prayer, when you're not with him, do you miss him? Do you desire more of him? Right, do, you, do you tell them stuff that's hard stuff? Like get that, your know, prayer, like do you, do you say stuff that's in there that he already knows but like sounds awful coming out? But do you, do you have a relationship where you're like, hey, I don't like this, I'm mad at this. Where are you at on this? Like do you have a relationship? Because if you do, then you know him. And if you don't, then you know maybe a little bit about him. Which leads us to number two. We talk about this a lot. Transaction versus transformation. Transaction, that's a, I give, you give, right? Hey, God, do this for me. I'll do this. Hey, listen, I'll quit, I'll quit looking at porn if you'll answer this prayer. Okay, I'll, I'll quit chasing this thing that I know that's not of you and not good for me. I'll, I'll quit whatever, or I'll start doing this, or I'll do more of this or less of this if you'll just answer this prayer for my loved one. Right? And, and God is so good and graceful, he shows up even in those prayers. But that's transaction. That's, how, that's not what he is. That's not what he wants. Hey, I'll do this for you, God. You do this for me. Who are you doing something for God? <laughs> he didn't send Jesus to die on a cross and raise him to dead so that we could say, hey, you do this. You scratch my back, God, and I'll, you know, I'll do whatever you want me to do. No, he came for transformation. Change. On the inside out. That's what makes us online. You're with us. That's what makes us a community. That's what allows us to speak real like Seth did, like we do so often, like I try to and rap and joy when we're on the stage. Like it's the reality that all of us are in process. We're not trying to transact. You can even take some scripture like you. I saw it on a billboard the other day. Whoever confesses with their mouth that Jesus and Lord will be saved. Right? True and, and right and in the Bible. But it's a whole letter around that. Right, so you can read that and like, oh, all I gotta do is confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord, transaction, he's gonna save me. Right, he saved you, he rescued and adopted you to be in a relationship that is transforming, that he can form Jesus in you. That's the whole purpose of his saving you. Right, so, so if you're just hearing and not having a relationship, then you're gonna lean towards, and this is easy for me to do, transactional stuff when it's 
So much more and better than that. It's transformational. It's him changing us. So we're all being changed. I'm being changed this week. Good grief. There's so much things that Jesus is working on in and through me. And same with you. So we get to come in this room together and we get to go live together and live this life knowing that none of us have reached this place of, I'm done. Jesus transformed me so good, there ain't nothing else to change, right? When you meet that person, run the other way, all right? Number three, the boring blah. This is just describes your faith versus the full of anticipatory faith. So the boring blah. Hearing can become like, I love the gospel. We're gospel-centered. But if you just hear it and that's where it stays, it can get boring. It's just, oh, it's a routine. Here's what we do. Right? It's just blah. Instead of this full of anticipatory. Now, that's a huge word. That's probably like the biggest word I've ever said from this stage. Anticipatory. That is a valedictorian word, right? I'm not a valedictorian. That is that anticipatory faith. All it means is an expectation, right? You want to use that? This way, young people, you want to just like get a scholarship? Just put that on the like all those essays you got to write. Don't write it. Just write anticipatory. Sign your name. You're gold, right? You're in. Anticipatory just means expectation. When you're having a relationship and you really believe that nothing is better than knowing Jesus and you're actually going to base your life on it, you begin to expect things before they happen. That's an exciting way to live, y'all. Like we thank God. We just worship God for what he has done. And a lot of our lyrics talk about thank you for what you've done. And that's good and, and, and should be. But that's not what anticipatory faith is. It's not thanking him for what he already did. It is actually living out this. Even when, you're don't, when I don't see it, you're working. I am expecting you to come through, even though right now in this moment, I have no evidence that you're gonna. When you have a relationship, you know that he's good. He's always been good. He'll always be good. So you don't wait for him to be good and then worship him. You worship him in advance because you know he's gonna be good even though you don't see it yet. You don't get that from hearing. You only get that from having. I, I think sometimes we talk so negatively about the world and all these sinners and all this evil and all this stuff going on. Okay, whatever. But I think there's a whole lot of people, forget the world. In Wake County, there's a whole lot of people. If they knew about the anticipatory, real life, God loving you, showing up in your everyday, if they knew that God, they would be here. They don't know that. They know boring Blah, routine, dead faith, which is what can happen if we stop at hearing. Here, here's how here's I'll prove this. You're going to have an emotion when you see this picture, most of you, not all of you. It may be positive or negative. Just let it happen. Let's show me the picture. You tell me if that's a positive or not. We got some yeses and some uh, right? Here's my story with Ikea. I heard about this place. Sounds amazing, right? So cool, so different food. So I went. I didn't get it. <laughs> I still don't get it. Like, I just walked from, you know, I've been to rooms to go before. It's just bigger, right? It's just furniture upon furniture upon furniture upon furniture with crazy names, right? So then I thought, well, you know, I heard the food, right? So I can at least, like, while Kelly shops, I can go enjoy the food. It's like, substandard elementary cafeteria food, right? Like not even, not even middle school, but elementary cafeteria food. I don't get Ikea. It's not my thing. Now, if you love it and I've offended you, that's part of my job, right? But I don't, I'm not mad at you. 
I'm glad that my wife likes Ikea. Like, I really, I don't have anything against her. I don't look down on her. I don't go with her, but, but I'm glad that that's with her. I don't, I don't, that's, that's her thing. She likes it. I don't. Do you know how many people view your Jesus that way? Right? I'm glad that you got something that works for you when you get the diagnosis or when you get the, I'm glad that that gets you through hard times. I'm glad that that makes you happy because when people love you, you know what they want? They want you to be happy. If Jesus makes you happy and if Ikea makes you happy, then go to church, do your thing. It's just not for me. That's what we've gotten from just hearing People now believe that that's something you can kind of take or leave. It's an opinion thing. Jesus, how you feel? Yeah, that's not my cup of tea. When you study Jesus and who he was in history and who he still is today, that's what makes him so unique and special. When Jesus showed up, he was everybody's kind of guy. Everybody gravitated to Jesus. The only group of people that had constant issues with just not wanting to be around Jesus were the religious folk, which is a whole nother message. But the multi-ethnic church that we're a part of, Gospel Center Forever, the multi-ethnic church, that's not our idea. It's not a fad. It's not 21st century. It is what Jesus did. He, it is so faith-building for me to think about this Jesus. When people come in contact with who he really is and have a relationship with him, it crosses every line there is. He is, he is followed by people in this continent and that continent from Europe to Australia to Africa to America to Canada. Canada's not a continent, I know that. But, but rich and poor, people with money, people that grew up with nothing, you know, people with this uh, government that they grew up with and people with freedom and left and right, politically, east and west, all those things Jesus is able to work through and call people to. It's amazing right now, not, not back then, right now there's people of all kinds of walks, colors, languages that surrender and follow Jesus. How's that possible? And he's a God of transformation and when you have this, oh, he's real and he's good and your faith starts to grow, man, he starts to then not just have you follow him but follow in following him he builds this family. And it's good that we're different because it makes God look good. It gives him glory. Hey, I don't agree with you on this, but I follow Jesus and that makes us brothers, period. It's not, hey, it's good for some. It's not, it's his ability to unite and connect everybody, which leads to number four, the difference between believing and following. We've talked about this a lot. You can hear something and believe it, but it, you gotta have a relationship to actually follow it, right? So we like to say, and people kinda like, whoa, it's, it's, I didn't come up with this, God did. Believing in God is not bad, but at the end of the day, it's kinda worthless. Believing in God is, is not that great if that's all it is. Because belief in our culture, it's different if you study the word in the New Testament, but in our culture, belief is like this mental Check in a box. Scripture, that means to trust. If you trust something, you follow it. But you have to have a relationship in order to trust and follow. If you stop at just believing, and again, if you're like, you can't say that. You're a pastor, right? God said it. He said, hey, even the, even the demons believe. That was his line. That's better than my line. Hey, the demons believe. 
You feeling good about your belief now? All right, I love that line. It's in James. Which believe and follow leads to number five, which is the difference between keeping control and giving up control. Right? This has been a really fun message to preach until right now. Because you can believe in God and keep control in your life. But if you have a relationship, it's not going to be a friend to friend. It's more than that. It is a master servant relationship. So hearing it can lead to belief. But if you have a relationship, it's going to go past believing and you're going to have to give up control. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful giving up control. It's so hard. It's the weirdest thing because I never, ever regret it when I give up control. I never regret surrendering. But it's the hardest thing to surrender some things. And those things are different probably seat to seat, person to person. Do you keep control or do you give up control? That's going to tell you a lot about where you're at with hearing and having. And the last thing, number six, is knowing something versus knowing someone. I can give you information, you hear it, and now you know it. You know something. But that is no comparison to knowing someone. We just always are going to come back to the same thing, your relationship with Jesus. There's nothing better. Some of you have experienced what I experienced probably a few weeks ago. I was driving through Chick-fil-A. feels like Chick-fil-A comes up a lot in my life. I was driving through Chick-fil-A. Uh, I got, I, I'm, I got, once I know what I want, I don't go outside of that. Three count chicken strips meal, Dr. Pepper, two ranches. That's what I get, $6.76. All right, if, in Holly Springs at least. Um, so I order that and, and the kind young lady looks at me and says, uh, sorry, we're I don't know if you heard about the shortage. We're out of ranch. That's all right. I don't go to Chick-fil-A for the sauce. I go for the chicken. Right? And they said, but we can, uh, we can sub that ranch with some ranch salad dressing. I don't know if I've ever been so offended. Right? Salad dressing. I'm actually, it's, it's kind of, she says it's kind of the same. It's not at all the same. Right? The only same thing about it is the word ranch. Right? But there's, there's no, like, it's, it's not... It's in the same family, but it's not, don't offer me salad dressing. I don't come to Chick-fil-A for salad dressing. I'm like, I was like, I said some awful things to that girl, right? I didn't really, right? I just said, no, thank you. I'll take my chicken. But to the uninformed, hey, what's the big deal? Salad dressing, ranch drip, dip, drip. It's kind of like, probably tastes similar. No, no, no. To, to those that are on the inside of this thing, they don't even talk to me about giving me salad dressing on my chicken strips. It's a very poor substitute. Right? We get to be the light. We just sang about him being the light in the darkness. That's what we get to be this week. If you're all in on Jesus, you get, to, you get to understand there's so many people that don't know the difference between knowing something. Yeah, come to church with me. Why? So I can hear some stuff about stuff 2,000 years ago. I'm not into that. No, it's not about knowing something. It's about knowing someone. And a lot of us have tried to substitute a real relationship where I'm surrendering, where you're going to ask me to do stuff I'm uncomfortable with, and I'm never going to regret it. Right? That's where the magic is. But we substitute knowing someone in a real having relationship and we settle for knowing something. That's not who we are. That's not going to change your life. It's not going to change your week. So I just want to ask this question as I lead into this song that's going to close this. I want the worship team to come on as this question's on the screen. Are you, just be honest with yourself, are you experiencing the power of God in your daily life?
Man, that's a loaded question. Again, we, again, we don't want you to raise hands and answer that. We want you to... Man, if your answer is yes, there are people this week that desperately, you don't show it off, it's not a show. It's just real and raw. They need to see that there's a God that you have a relationship. They don't need to hear about you hearing about something at church. They need to see what it looks like for somebody to actually have a relationship. If your answer is yes, just keep going. Experience the power. That's your testimony. It's going to be different this week than it was last week. It's never the same. It's alive. If your answer is, man, I don't know if, I'm, if I could really, like, am I experiencing the power of God in my daily life? It's not because you weren't picked. It's not because you don't measure up. God wants to do that. He wants to do that today and this week. Maybe it's just an issue of you making room for God to work. Maybe it's an issue if you've never, you've heard, but you've never had. You've never committed yourself in relationship with God. We'd love to talk and walk you through that if that's you. But we're going to use this song as a prayer. Really believing that God's going to work in this moment and set you up for the week ahead. And there's some spiritual stuff going on in this song and in this room. And I would not have a clue as your pastor, from, I would, for most of you, I would not have a clue what God wants to do with you in this song. That's up to you and him. But I do know so many times, it's not that we don't desire, we just don't make room in our own lives. What would God call you to let go of in order to gain what is better than anything else on this planet? We're gonna ask God to speak to you on that. I'm gonna pray for us. And then if you wanna stand, stand. If you wanna sit, if you wanna kneel, if you wanna... Take communion like we do before, during, or after. It's on the, like, whatever you want to do. Just, just don't let this moment go without God speaking into your specific life. Father, would you do what only you can do? As you know all of us, you know my heart. You know how easy it is for me to get distracted with good things. And you end up, our relationship, God, ends up getting a backseat to things that are not nearly as good or is important. God, would you just speak to hearts in this song? In Jesus' name, amen.